This is Albuquerque Now. On this New Year's Eve, where we kiss goodbye 2020 and embrace the hope of 2021, I would like to take a little journey with you and take you with me. I'd like to discuss a man who was a big voice back in the 50s and all the way through into the early 2000s. And like his broadcasts, I will continue to describe him just to see whether you can guess who I am talking about. He was called the voice of middle America, the apostle of Main Street, the voice of the silent majority, a champion of traditional values. His voice was carried over more than 1,200 radio stations across the U.S. and 400 around the world. For more than 50 years, radio listeners were greeted with a booming voice. Hello, Americans. Stand by for news. And for five minutes each day and 15 minutes after work, we could all consistently catch his broadcast. He was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he was raised by his mother. His father, a police officer, was killed in the line of duty. He served in World War II in the Office of War Information as news director. After the war, he moved to Chicago. It was there he got small bit parts broadcasting news segments. But it was also there that he met the building's owner of the radio station, Joseph P. Kennedy. And it was on Joseph's recommendation that he got his big break. Looking back on that, he comments, If we're up to Madison Avenue, I still don't think I'd be on the networks, he said in an interview with the Chicago Tribune. It was a grassroots support that brought me to where I am. It is also ironic that the Kennedys, with whom I was not in agreement on so many things, had only their daddy to blame. In the 60s, he viewed one of America's biggest problems was of moral decay. And he was quoted, I feel like a displaced person in my own country. I never left my country. It left me. In 1998, he said, I have no illusions of changing the world, but to the extent that I can, I'd like to shelter your and my little corner of it. In 2005, he received a Presidential Medal of Freedom Award, and he died in 2009. I'd like to play a segment of one of his broadcasts. Now, the rest of the story. Now was the winter of Ted's discontent. You could see the frustration, even the anger in his face and in his gait as he stalked down Madison Avenue that blustery morning. He had thought himself, hoped himself, a book author, a poet. But the great publishers of New York, New York, had repeatedly demonstrated the error of his ways. A volume of verse, oh, no, 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 verse was not selling these days. Anyhow, Ted's particular volume was simply too different from others in its category. And worse still, it was too fantastic. Over and again, the 33-year-old poet had tried to argue that it was not fantasy, that the main setting was real, that the rest came from the recollections of street life in his hometown, Springfield, Massachusetts. 
But the seasoned editors had brushed Ted's protests aside and further complained that no subtext, no message was evident. Sorry, they had said. Twenty-seven times. Twenty-seven respected publishing houses had perused Ted's imagined masterpiece and rejected it. And not all of them politely. So, off down Madison Avenue, the would-be author marched on that confounding morning of his 27th rejection. The now universally hated manuscript clamped angrily under one arm. I have plans for you, Ted exclaimed almost aloud. Oh, yes, he did. He was going to return to his apartment and find a safe, suitable place to stage a confined conflagration. And he was going to vent his aggravation by burning that document. A bonfire of the inanities. And in his mental state of twisted despair, Ted started to laugh. I say he started because he never really got the chance. He was interrupted in his sinister, self-deprecatory delight by a voice. A voice saying, Ted, is that you? The owner of the voice was Mike McClintock, a schoolmate from Ted's Dartmouth days. The latter choked on an icity or two before Mike asked, What's that under your arm? Ted replied what it was and what lay in store for it. Mike seemed to ignore the remark. He said, We're standing outside my new office. He said, Why don't you come on up and take a look? Well, Mike's new office, the establishment by which he had been hired only three hours earlier, was Vanguard Press, a publisher. And more significant, a publisher Ted had somehow overlooked. And more significant, a publisher whose president, James Henley, was just then plotting a new publishing strategy to purchase and promote what other prominent publishers were rejecting. That's right, like Ted's book. And you have guessed the rest. Ted did get published. And he got famous. And later he would marvel if I'd been going down the other side of Madison Avenue that morning, I'd be in the dry cleaning business instead. For once upon a grotesque disappointment in the winter of 1937, following an intolerable 27 turndowns by the high priests of the publishing industry of New York, there was a little volume on the verge of incineration entitled And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street. And that was followed by Horton Hatch's The Egg. And that was followed by How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Then came The Cat in the Hat and Green Eggs and Ham and The Lorax. Of course, you know their creator as Ted Geisel. You know him by his pen name, Dr. Seuss. Only now you know the rest of the story. Page two. So I want to also bring to your attention for everyone to work on for this coming year. When you're in situations with your partner and you just want to haul off and just yell and carry on just making a total nuisance of yourself and you know when things calm down you'll be winding up apologizing for it later consider this how can you give yourself permission and fly apart in front of your loved ones those are the ones that it's easy it's harder to do that in front of your boss or co-workers or any kind of public situation. So don't give yourself permission to do that in front of your loved ones. Find yourself a green space, or any space at all, and decompress, and bring home the best part of you. This is Dave of Albuquerque Now, and this is Paul Harvey. Good Good day. day!